The 100% Wild Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Tim Chelsvik. I'm Matt Drury. You are Matt Drury. And you've got a tale to tell, my friend. Finally. So the last podcast we did, I was talking about how I really, for whatever reason, I hadn't felt satisfied yet. Yeah. Even though we killed. So I, I just picked this back up from where I got the Euro Mount done over the weekend. And there was a reason I was there because I was dropping something else off. But mm, I delivery. felt. And, and, and now that I look at it again, I'm like, why wouldn't I have been satisfied with this deer? He's awesome. It's a, it's a great buck. And. And it was all because of this deer we called to us too. That's haunted your season. He's haunted me. 10, 11 encounters somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, laughable, frankly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It's like, all right, how bad of a hunter can you be? <laughs> so a comedy of errors. We, you know, we sh- started seeing him early October, I think somewhere on the third and then the fourth and then the sixth. And on the six, I should have killed him. We've, you know, we've documented yeah. this mm-hmm. on the podcast. And if, if you haven't listened to it, go back and, and just listen. Cause about every podcast this season, <laughs> there's some about, travail in there. Yeah, yeah. Where I've encountered him or couldn't find him or blah, blah, blah. So we devised a new plan here in the late season, which we talked about. And we mm-hmm. set up that ground blind for kind of a southerly wind. And I, I was ready to push it even for like a north west wind yeah. northeast really wasn't great for it but i was ready to just say end of the season right, end of the season yeah. i still got a muzzle loader in my hand we're going to the ata show so i won't be able to really hunt that last week as much as i would want mm-hmm. so now or never and uh so to do this we were going to sit this muddy soft side blind that we have on the standing beans that, that I had paid the farmer to leave like an acre sure. of beans. And we were just going to observe for the evening. It was Friday night. We we're going to observe. And the next day we were going to take Cameron in with us. And I wanted to see how the deer reacted to the blind. If we saw him do what he had been doing mm-hmm. the, the week before, you know, or actually that earlier in that week, I wanted to just see what was happening. Sure. So we're sitting there, we got in early. It was a great, you know, Perfect conditions wise, it felt pretty good. Uh, it wasn't super cold, but it was mm. cooler than the last few days because it warmed up to like 50 in the mid 50s. Yeah, it's kind of unseasonably warm. So at that point, any cool front is a big event. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, hey, the cool fronts are relative. Yeah, it was so it was like low 40s and average temperatures 39 degrees for that time of year, but it was still. Mm. Cooler than yeah. fifth, mid fifties, high fifties, whatever. So anyways, we go in, we sit there, we don't see anything like all night. Well, we had been getting more and more predator pictures on my cameras, mm-hmm. which is kind of common during the late season for yeah. me is all of a sudden like, general. Yeah. Seems to be the case. Yeah. Coyotes pick up. All of a sudden we get more bobcats, whatever the case may be. So Bigfoot. yeah, Bigfoot every night we're there. We hear them start sounding off too. the, the Sucks. coyotes, man, all over the farm. So we thought, well, maybe they're getting skittish or they pushed them yeah. out or what, you know, the, whatever, whatever the case may be. So we're sitting there and finally it was overcast when we started and it, it started to clear out. I thought I I didn't have hopes of seeing our shooter by any stretch of the imagination. I thought maybe we'll start seeing some deer mm-hmm. because it was that slow. We weren't seeing anything. And so sky's kind of clear. There really wasn't much of a wind 
it felt like. And um, there maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes left in the afternoon. All of a sudden, this beautiful little 10-pointer that we had been passing the last couple times out. Yeah. He fed out from where my other blind was, my my muddy bull blind, across mm-hmm. this point where we hung a tree stand off for 2S2. Yeah, I remember that adventure. And then he came straight to those beans and started... I mean, he was on a a straight line. Yeah. It was like... No does in the field. Nothing. Weird no, to I, see a buck first. It was just out of nowhere. He yeah. came and came straight across to us. Hmm. And so I thought, well, yeah, I still didn't think we'd see a shooter, but I thought hey, at least this is a nice end to the night. And at that point, I thought maybe some does, some deer would come out on the field once yeah. you see one, you start seeing more, especially there at the very end of the evening. Well, so a couple of those kind of start feeding out, I think from the other end. And then out of nowhere, through that point, that little timber point, I can, especially now with the leaves off, I can see through there to the other side because it's it's a field, you know, that bean field, that cut bean field is on that other side okay. too. And I see a body, I throw up my Leupolds and all of a sudden <gasps> I'm like, shooter. I, I didn't. You didn't know it was him yet? Not exactly yeah. yet, but I knew just, you know, it was a shooter body and then kind of the mass of the antlers. It's yeah. a shooter. And it's like, oh, to us too. It's him. And Scott was telling me that he thought I was messing with him. And that's kind of <laughs> how A, our season went and B, our night was going. It just kind of sucked. Sure. And so he was wasting no time. He come across the that point and mm-hmm. he beelined it straight for the beans as well. Weird. And, and these beans, it's not like it's been this magic bullet for me like I thought it would be uh-huh. all for the late season, mostly because the temperatures have been too warm, but it did. Ex- it was exactly the reason we did that. <laughs> it makes you start to think you know what you're doing. It actually worked <laughs> this time. And um, he fed to the beans and you know, I had my traditions muzzleloader in hand and waiting for him. Like he was basically facing me walking in. Yeah. And then it really wasn't that long. It felt like an eternity, but it was maybe three minutes between the time I saw him. And then he gave me a broadside shot. I feel like he was maybe 80 ish yards. Cause when he first came out from the point, I remember a range finding him. He was at 120 and he, you know, he came in a decent uh, amount. So as he was feeding in my mind, I'm like, all right, should we, should we let him get closer or take the shot? Or all of a sudden a few does are starting. I remember th- seeing out of the corner of my eye from the bedding area mm-hmm. to my right, the does are starting to filter out, which yeah, is never more, a more great, eyes and noses. Yeah. And, and everybody knows the does what's crew spooky. Yeah. yeah. So Scott at one point goes, should I zoom back to you to get a, we always like to do a kind of zoom back and kind of point of reference. Here's the hunter and then zoom back in its connection. I was like, no, just stay on him. (laughs) We can't screw this up. And then those does came out and he started kind of looking around. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot him. You know, are you ready? He's, he's ready. I'm ready. And so Mm -hmm. squeeze the trigger and boom, the smoke filled our blind. There was no wind. And if the wind would have been blown the way it should have been blown, it Uh should have kind of passed by us quick enough, but it just hung there. (laughs) And I didn't see him. I didn't see anything. I I literally, I was like, did he drop? Mm -hmm. And Scott, by that time, Scott's following him. He, he took off like he got shot out of a cannon Yeah, and he took off running across those cut beans to the other side of the timber. And Scott was following him. He's like, no, he's running. So I, I look over and I finally got on him. I think my binoculars or something, maybe just visually, I don't remember. And I flip your duct tape. 
guns over yeah, no that, but second that one. second my second traditions was sitting there yeah. just in case i needed the follow-up shot but it didn't you know it, he took off so quickly mm-hmm. and really we do that in case they drop in our experience with a muzzleloader if they drop right away they're usually not dead and they, they a lot of times have a chance to get up and like you think you killed them yeah they're dead and then all of a sudden they get up they and run resurrect. off the field yeah so we just like to be safe, <laughs> better safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so he ran across the field and I saw at the top of his rack as he crossed over the hump, start to wobble a little bit. And that made me feel great, but I really, I didn't know where I shot. I felt really good about it. Uh-huh. I felt solid about it. It was, not, it wasn't, it was as about of a chip shop, a chip shot as mm-hmm. you could get at 80 yards with a scope. And you know what I mean? Sure. It didn't feel far. Uh, so anyway, so we're sitting in the blind and by this time it's, you know, darkness kind of falls upon us and we zip up the windows on that blind. And so I was like, all right, I, you know, I text Mark and Terry, tell him I shot him. Cause right before that, I think it was right before that, right after that, I think it was right before it. Mark was hunting with the catch stream yeah. child Mason and they, he had a real nice deer in front of me, pulls the trigger. And for whatever reason, we've been having issues with our, uh, primers mm-hmm. not going off hmm. and it happened to him and, oh, and everybody was just devastated. So I looked at my phone. I saw that this was after I shot him and, yeah. and I replied, Oh man, I hate it for him. Hey, I just shot two S two, you know? And so, you know, it was a text message between Taylor, Mark and, and Terry and myself. Okay. And so, uh, at that point we look at the footage, it's hard to tell, you know, between the smoke and then the deer j- jumped like three feet in the air. And then Scott jumps a little bit and you just, I couldn't tell where the shot was. Mm-hmm. So we did film what we had and I texted it to the guys and like we always do and kind of got their opinions. Yeah. And Mark's like, I think he's dead. And Bobby Culbertson thought the same thing that, you know, everybody thought if we all were seeing the right thing that it's he, nice to get that affirmation. Yeah. Too. He was dead. Go get him. And so, uh, by the time we got everything packed up and got through that text messaging and all that stuff, it may have been 45, half hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so we get out and we go look for blood and I'm not seeing any blood, but I'm not a hundred percent sure I was in the right spot where okay. he was. I thought I was, but we're not seeing any blood. So Scott and I kind of split up and you know it's pitch black. So we got the lights out mm-hmm. and we're looking, he goes one way, I go another and we really don't, we, we follow him where we thought he went. And yeah. I looked at, I, um, I earmarked a tree that I thought was this tree that uh-huh. I last saw him at. I couldn't find any blood. So then we just start kind of looking for a body. Yeah. And Scott, Scott's like, Hey, come over here. He found him first. Cool. And he's just in the timber, literally belly up. Okay. And big white belly. Showing. Yeah. And, um, maybe 15 yards into the timber. So he expired immediately. So how far do you think his run was? <sighs> maybe a hundred. That's amazing. They can go so far after maybe such devastation. And Maybe, maybe about that. Well, anyways, when we walked up on him, I, I look and I'm like, shoot, here's a, the blood trail was huge. Mm-hmm. Like we just, he must've come in further to the right than the path we were on. We must've missed it. Okay. There was blood everywhere. It was spraying out in the, in the timber on all those leaves. Mm-hmm. I could see it easily. And so we walk up on him, and the coyotes had already gotten to no. him. I swear to you. The co- I was like, what the, 
I, I was looking and I was like, what? Did they the bullet, listen what? for the gun going off? I, I couldn't figure it out. At first I was like, Scott, look at that. His back end, they got to his back end already. Unreal. I was like, they already got to him. It couldn't have been 45 minutes. Jeez. I swear to you. And when we're in the woods, all of a sudden they're all yipping, yipping. and, yeah, yeah. and you know, howling. And it's like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they smell blood leave. here. They're eating it. Yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> like He's got scared. It's a spooky feeling. <laughs> I had I mean, a friend that used to be terrified of coyotes. I'm not really scared because I know they're scared of humans. They don't, that, you know, we have lights and we're talking. And, yeah. But it, it, it was an eerie feeling. They were right yeah, there. There's another predator right that, before you. Yeah. <laughs> found them before you did. Yeah. So, uh, that was, that was interesting. I hated it, but I mean, we couldn't have got there any faster than we got there. Mm-hmm. I was amazed, frankly. And it showed me if we would have waited much longer. I mean, say, say you weren't sure about your hit, hit and you say, all right, let's yeah. give them. Three or four hours. He would have been. It would have been like Aaron Bennett's deer. Yeah, it would have been year. toast. I couldn't believe it. So anyway, so we tag the deer. We put, you know, we drag him out of there, and then then you got all the work you got to do, and the the pictures and the right. you know the video stuff we got to do, and field dressing him, and blah 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 blah. But it was it was kind of surreal, honestly. It was such a long season of chasing this uh-huh. deer and, and try and literally, I could, I could, I don't think there was anything we didn't try that we could have. Like I felt like yeah. we left it all the, out there. The buck decoy set up that you guys yeah. put together. That yeah. It's nothing more elaborate than that. Yeah. We tried everything we could think of. We moved blinds, we popped up blinds, we hung tree stands. And finally, you know, out of the same spot that we basically, he was in that area ever since we encountered him on October the 6th and screwed up Yeah. after that, that little area where those beans were in that point, Mm -hmm. that's where we encountered him almost every single time, other than a few in late December where he was on the neighbors and then crossed over. So, you know, we kept hunting smart. We did hunt hard, but we kept hunting smart, played the wind Mm -hmm. for the most part. We pushed it a few times here and there. uh, But I think it was just more of a persistence issue than anything. And in years past, you know, maybe I didn't have the same drive to make it happen or, you know, I don't know. Like I said, it was always a sink or swim this year because dad's place was wiped out for me HD. Sure. So this was, you know, usually I tag two bucks a year, whether it's one in Illinois or one in Missouri, it's usually I get about two a year. And, mm-hmm. and as we kind of look for the TV show, how many each person hopefully will get in a year. That's always kind of my projection. I think I can get two down for the year. So it was, it was satisfying. Came down to the wire. Yeah. I felt like I was pulling my weight. It was, I learned a lot through this, you know, this season and I felt like, Hey, I'm finally gratified. Finally. (laughs) You are satisfied. I am. Walk away from deer season with your head held. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure it took a big toll at home. You know, I was gone a time. Mm-hmm. I, we were talking off camera here. I think somewhere between mid 30, to upper, you know, lower forties is how many times I hunted. I mean, it was a lot yeah. for, for a young family and, you know, our work obligations. It was, it was a lot. And so. it kind of, it kind of reminds us that there's an aspect of deer hunting being a numbers game also. Yeah. You got to keep after it. Yeah. And I, we get, we hear that point about, Oh, if, if I got to hunt every day, I could kill the deer. Mark and Terry kill. I 100% think that's an incorrect statement. Yes, you will have some great opportunities, but that doesn't mean you can mm-hmm. make it happen. It just right. doesn't. There's a lot that goes into it. And those guys put in 
you know, just a little bit that Scott and I did and the, the 30, 45 times we hunted and how much we, you know, tried doing this or tried doing that. They do that every day, all season and yeah. put not just themselves on deer, but catch a dream kids, their camera guys, harder to, guests, yeah, guide people, nephews, you know, grandsons, whatever. Like it's, they're basically little mini outfitters mm -hmm. for friends right. and family besides himself. It, it's not that easy. I mean, I can't, you hardly get on one for just myself. You, right. you know what I mean? Right. So I, I do I, know. Well, yeah. And I, so I think about like that, like, all right, think about how hard it was for me to just do what I did this year for me personally. For it felt hard. Yeah. I couldn't imagine trying to get other people in expectations mm -hmm. that they are going to kill in the three days they come into camp. Like, yeah. And, and I mean, Gary Lavox, some of these people are, have yeah. very, very little Mike Matheny, very little time to yeah. hunt. And so you want to yeah, make Dustin the most of Lynch, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm the catch dream child that just, you, I don't know. So I felt a lot of respect, even in that sense, like, God, these guys really work their butts off to do what 100%. they do. So, and a little bit of a newfound respect there. I mean, I always knew it, but it, it was, you hated them before. Yeah. Now, it's interesting to think them. about it and you know, kind of step outside. Yeah. The box. And, and it's not, I mean, I don't think anyone's gonna, gonna feel bad for you, but it's just a ton of work. Yeah. It is a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of times without much payoff. Yeah. Well, you know, paid off twice out of <laughs> whatever, 40 days. Yeah. Yeah. You almost don't want to go into counting. Yeah. And maybe more. Cost. I need, I need to count it up just so for my sake of knowing like, all right, how can I get better next year? Yeah. It, it, getting better next year would be making the shot on October the 6th that I never got off. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, hindsight's 2020. It would have been a different season, but I wouldn't have learned it nearly as much. And it, mm -hmm. it was very gratifying. I'll say that I, I felt like, okay, I finally proved I can do it. <laughs> there is a, there's a behavioral psychologist. I don't remember who it may have been Piaget who said that we don't learn by doing, we learn by thinking about doing. So what you're talking about is you have the experience and you debrief in your head and you think, okay, what do I need to do differently? And that's, yeah. that's really a big part of the whitetail, just bow hunting, hunting in general is learning from every time you're in the field and yeah. then processing that and figuring out what you're going to do differently next time. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's, it's yeah. fun. A caveat to all this, Cameron was highly upset with me. Yeah. <laughs> so to kill him with him. Yeah. So like I said, we were in there that night as an MRI mission for the next night to go in there. And I had been, amp he was upset with me from the weekend before because it was warm yeah. and I didn't take him with me. Well, that's the day we set up that ground blind and I knew it would be a long day and I didn't know what to expect on the hunt itself. I thought we'd have deer around us and, and I just didn't want to mess it up. So I told him then, Hey, this next weekend on Saturday, I'm going to take you hunting, buddy. Mm -hmm. No, we're going to go. We're going to do this together. Well, that's in the cradle and the silver yeah. spoon. Yeah. So this happened Friday. And Saranda, I'm t I told her and she's like, Oh my gosh, Cameron's going to be devastated because at home, he's already mad that I'm just hunting without him on Friday. He was school. He couldn't come uh -huh. with me, you yeah. know? And so she starts hitting around like, Hey, well, what if dad killed tonight? You know, like that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. <laughs> Would you be happy? He's tried him, so or? hard. And he's like, what did he kill? Like, <laughs> oh, he's, he's, five. he's five years old. He saw right through it. It's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what you would know? you think so, if he did? So she, she asked me, he's like, should I tell him? I was like, yeah, send him. I sent him the video and the picture and he wasn't, 
thrilled about it. And so I FaceTimed them. I was waiting. Scott had to run back to the barn and grab something and come back. And so mm-hmm. I st- stayed with the deer so the coyotes wouldn't come back. Right. And so I FaceTimed them while I was there and showed them the deer and literally was basically in tears almost like, oh. like the hap. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. So your high goes like, yeah. And then so I was like, hey, buddy, you know, tomorrow we'll bring them back out. We'll do pictures together and then you'll get to spend all day with me and we'll go take them to the processor, blah, 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 blah. And, and Randa said he stayed up till like, I, it wasn't like 12 o'clock till I got home that mm-hmm. night. He stayed up till like 11 waiting oh, up for me, you know, in sweet. bed. Yeah. And he wanted to make sure that I woke him when I got home and the dude wouldn't leave my side basically. That's so, awesome. Next day we go, we take the pictures and he was, it was kind of cool. We, we ended up, I had this picture of me and dad when I was a kid, I mm-hmm. was probably more like seven, but where dad's next to this like spike or a fork that he killed and it's the back of the tailgate. And then I'm next to dad. Yeah. It's just a, one of our father son pictures sure. from way back in the day. So we tried to recreate that with Cameron and, okay. and it was fun to try to do that, but the sun was getting him in his eyes. So he looked <laughs> He couldn't quite open his eyes <laughs> for squinty. zero of the pictures, but we, you know, we got to do some fun stuff. And then yeah. I took, took him to this processor that we go to and it's an Amish facility. And okay. so that was interesting for him to get to see that. And, and, um, you know, just so how he many got, deer they had. Yeah. He, yeah. he got an experience. He did. It. But still, even as of last night, he was still like. <sighs> Yeah, I guess it was a good weekend, but I think it would have been better if we would have hunted, Dad. <laughs> like, he just kept jabbing me. It's incredible how sophisticated they are. Yeah. So, yesterday, as a family, you know, kind of like, because I'm getting ready to leave tomorrow for the ATA. Yeah. So, I'm going to be gone again. And so, Raina wanted to take the kids to Disney on ice, you know, this weekend. So, Cameron was like, I don't want to go to that. I want to go hunting with dad, you know, and all this stuff. And I was like, buddy, we need to go do this. Let's go. It'll be fun. So he wanted to wear his Bass Pro shirt and his <laughs> Jury Outdoors hat. He looked like a little Hoosier <laughs> there at Disney on Ice, but I couldn't get him. No, and I, mean, I was, I was fine with it. It yeah. was great, you know, but it was kind of funny because he's like, well, I don't want to go. I'm going to, I'd rather go hunting, you know. I'll go, but I won't like all it. All the pictures, he was kind of snarling. <laughs> like, whatever. But we had, fun so we got some family time in over the weekend sure but he's like dad what was the best every night we talk about the best part of our day mm-hmm. and he's like what was the best part of your day i was like hey just being with you guys he's like best part of my day would have been if we would have went hunting oh, <laughs> i was like all right <laughs> don't tell your mom <laughs> that's brutal <laughs> so, and hilarious at the same yeah, time and, and he I, knows he's like uh so are we gonna go before the season ends? I was like, I don't think I have, I'll have time, buddy. Yeah. I was like, maybe, but t- t- don't count on it. I was like, turkey season's coming up. Does he have up. any interest in like chasing squirrels or something? Just to I've never out? introduced him to it. I don't know much about it. I mean, uh-huh. I'd be kind of like, all right, we shot it now. What do we I do, do with it? Do. So, uh, I mean, I have not, but maybe that's the next it step. May, yeah, I mean, squirrel season runs a little longer. Yeah, so anyhow, it just showed me I need to continue to bring him out to the woods and He's not going to slow down in his desire to want to be Which out. is great. It's mm-hmm. what I want. He just wants to be with his dad. He wants to do what his dad does. And that's, no doubt. That's great. Yeah. But I need to, I need to usher him in more and more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got to balance the strike for sure. Yeah. So anyways, that was the, that was the story. 10 or 11 encounters. He's finally, he did. He, yeah. I kept saying he was playing chess and I was on, 
I only knew how to play checkers. Yeah. So. Well, eventually, uh, what my dad used to say, the sun shines on a dog's butt every now and again. Yeah. So am I the dog or am I the sunshine or let's move on? I'm the butt <laughs> question of the day. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I can read it if you'd like. All right. Question. Of the day. Sorry. <laughs> You're just on a high still. Forgot my role. Question of the day is brought to you by Sportsman's Channel, the new home of Winchester and Drury's natural born in your destination for everything red, wild, and blue. This is from Mark, Quincy, Illinois. Hi, my name is Mark Gabriel and I'm from Quincy, Illinois. My question is when bow hunting, what is the maximum distance you would take a shot at a white-tailed deer? And do you prefer heavy arrows for penetration or lighter arrows for the speed? Thank you guys for all you do for the hunting community. Appreciate it. So, uh, it's, uh, this is not a cut and dry question for me. The, yeah. the, the distance factor, uh, to me, it depends on how quiet it is, sure. how with the, the nature of the deer, are they a little spooky mm-hmm. or are they just heads down feeding? No big deal. Um, uh, the farthest shot I've taken on a deer was 52 yards and the deer had no idea I was there and it was a, it was a good kill. Um, but there are deer that have been at, 30 that are just way too spooky that I just, I felt like I wanted them in closer. So yeah, my, I set my stands up. I try to get within my bow stand, try to get within 20 yards or less uh, or less of a deer and 30, 35 is really pushing it. Yeah. I'm kind of with you. And that was the whole issue with this particular deer to us too, all season long. After I messed up on October the 6th, he was 30 yards. That was a great, comfortable shot. I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he was always at 50 yards. Almost every time it was 50 yards and walking away. And I know plenty of people that could make that shot all day, but I'm not one of them or I didn't feel comfortable or it was too low light or there was yeah. always, if the conditions were perfect on my best day, if, cause every day, day before I go out for the hunt, I shoot my bow mm-hmm. and it wasn't always pretty this year. So there were days where I just didn't have the confidence at 50, sure. you know, to do that. And, and that, like you said, to make an ethical shot, I, you know, I felt like I need to get closer. And so for me, it's more of a, I, I probably 35, maybe 40 is where, mm-hmm. Hey, I feel really comfortable out to 35 for sure. All day Yeah, 40, it would be very conditional for me, whether or not you know, it's like, all right, are there does around me? Are they spooky? How you been shooting? Yeah, exactly. What so, the wind's looking like? I don't know if it's as much about the arrow or if that's just a follow-up question for him. Do we prefer a faster, heavier, heavier arrow? I, I, mine's a pretty small in diameter arrow mm-hmm. and it, but I get a lot of penetration with it. Sure. But I don't shoot fast in general because of my draw length. I mean, I'll shoot 62 ish, 63 pounds, but my draw mm-hmm. length's like 27 and a half. Yeah. So I just don't shoot very fast in general. So that kind of factors in for me as well on distance. Cause I actually, my arrow, and it's always been this way. Like I got a 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 yard pin. Mm-hmm. I know some guys are like, Hey, I'm good out to 30 with one pin. I can't mine drop. My arrow drops yeah, so here. much. I can't do that. So, um, to me, it also says, Hey, look, the further out, like there, there's more chances of, of screwing up. So hundred oh, percent. Yeah. I, I, I'm not shooting flat, I guess is my point. And f- flat, fast, and far isn't my thing. Yeah. Which, it's like, uh, boom. <laughs> it's going to lob out there, yeah, yeah. which is kind of fun to see. I, I like, I like seeing them arc a little bit. Um, and, and I, 
there was a time where I wanted the fastest arrow possible because I wanted to be able to use, because for a long time I shot a multi-pin sight. I wanted to be able to just use my 20 for my 30, yeah. maybe hold a little higher. <laughs> um, anymore, though, especially after talking with Blake Shelby, who is an arrow aficionado and some of my other friends that really geek out over arrow builds, I think I think actual actual mass and the ability for the arrow to continue penetrating that deer yeah. is so much more important to me. I, I bumped my, my draw weight up a little bit this, this year I'm shooting 90% let off. So I lose a little bit of speed there, but I would rather have the oomph in the arrow. So if I touch, you know, maybe the shoulder blade a little bit, yeah. it's got some, it's got some more energy to push through. So I, yeah. I would default to a heavier arrow. Plus like if you hit a, a twig or something, yeah. if you've got more mass in that arrow, I think it's going to deflect less. Yeah. So, so that's, that's my preference. And again, like all this stuff is preference. I didn't mention we, you know, the angle of the deer as well. Like oh, that's but makes a big, big difference. Big part. I mean, if he was mm -hmm. sitting broadside, like a statue at, at 40 yards and you got all of that target, then I'd probably feel pretty comfortable. But if he's yep. quartering away, even slightly, there's just your window just shrinks up. And I, I would try very hard not to make, a quartering two shot, unless I just didn't mm -hmm. realize he was quartering yeah. slightly, you know, I, one of the things I asked myself is, will I regret this arrow? If I, if I, if I end up putting a bad arrow in this deer, like, will I have looked at my chain of decisions up to this point and think, well, I really should have listened to my gut here when I checked this particular box and, and went for it. I, I, I never want to regret an arrow on a deer. And, and, and I have on some, like I've rushed a shot or this should have waited yeah. till they changed angle a little bit, but, Ditto. um, but as I'm, as I age, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I am more selective in my shots. Early on in the, uh, in my bow hunting career, I was probably mid twenties and I was at dad's and this deer we called little Prince came out and I was shooting out of a box blind that <clears throat> At the time, the windows were just slightly too high for both dad and I. Dad ended up nicking the window seal on the way out. It was yeah. a homemade blind. And, yeah. and then he even warned me of it. And I did the same thing. And I missed the steer. And he ran out. And then he turned and gave me a broadside, probably slightly quartering away shot. But it was huh. at 50 yards and young and confident. And uh, I, I was definitely a much better shot at that time. Mm -hmm. I shot more. Yeah. And <clears throat> I was like, I can make that shot. And I knocked another arrow and I, and I shot and I shot him low. He ended up dying, but I, it was just a Not bad experience. Yeah. No, no, it was a bad experience. And I was like, all right, that's, you know, maybe, maybe I should have done it. that. Yeah. Maybe I should have done it. that. When, when you see enough bad arrows, you're like, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. And it was one of those deals. It was all heat of the moment. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just felt confident and I shouldn't have, I mean, I wouldn't do that now. Like, it's yeah. like, all right, now I know let's give him another opportunity. Even, and, and that even played into my mindset this year with 2S2 because the first night we saw him, he was probably 50 yards and we had plenty of shooting light. Next day, it was 45 and plenty of shooting light. And then I just felt like we're in his kitchen. He doesn't know we're here. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. And sure enough, the very or next night or night, two nights later, he was right there at 30 yards. It, it you know, yeah. I, I understand, you know, some guys on public ground or so, you know, it's very situational in this area and this spot, it was tucked away at the back end of the farm. I felt confident he wasn't time. messed with. Yeah. And, um, so I was going to try to give him the time, but it worked out. It, well, 
Yeah. Eventually. Eventually. I mean, because you could have made a bad choice along any anywhere along that path yeah. and spooked him out of there. Yeah. There were several opportunities to shoot him at 50 yards mm-hmm. and I just didn't. And yeah. so I don't regret, you know, here, here I didn't shoot him with my bow. I understand that. And some guys won't hunt with a gun. They're just bow guys. I get mm-hmm. that. But for me, I knew I had gun season and then I knew I had muzzleloader season. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> you know, doubt. personally, my sure. personal decision. Sure. So anyhow, well, Mark, thank you for the question. If you want to leave us a question, go to dreoutdoors.com slash podcast, and then click on the send voicemail button and leave your name, location, and what you want to know from us. Wildlife word. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, wildlife word is dry bite. Most of these wildlife words end up being two words. Okay, I don't. Terms. I don't know this one. A dry bite is uh, it happens in animals with venom glands, like snakes. Sometimes they don't inject a toxin into their threat. Like copperhead snakes, the cost of using their venom to defend themselves is usually too high. So a lot of copperhead bites on humans are dry. Really? Yep. I don't want to ever find out. <laughs> and and that is that is something that uh, that is a consideration. Just because a rattlesnake tags you or a copperhead doesn't mean you've been envenomated. Hmm. So there you know. Learn Although, something new every I, day. I know one, one of my buddies, he's uh, in his 80s. He's been a turkey and deer hunter his whole life. Got tagged by a copperhead three springs ago, clearing out some leaves on a downfall, like a snag that he was going to set up for in turkeys. He thought he'd scratch some barbed wire or something. And he looked down and he's got two little pinpricks that are just gushing with blood. And he's like, what in the world? And then he saw the copperhead all coiled up right there by by the log. The crazy thing is when he went to, he went, his wife took him to a hospital to the emergency room and there, and they told him, Hey, we're running this research project and it, there's, there's, it's, it's a blind, there's a a blind process in play here. We're going to give you, you have to consent to this. We're either going to give you the antivenin or we're going to give you a placebo, but you won't know. And we want to see what happens. And he's like, Uh, I'm 81 years old. I need the antivenin. And, and apparently like finding hospitals that have anti-venom is kind of is it a, venom? anti-venom people call it anti-venom and it's kind of like culturally caught on, but originally, uh, properly it's anti-venom. Should have saved that for a wildlife word. Crap. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry. Next I was really focused and anyway, on venom. <laughs> he ended, he end, ended up getting to a hospital that would give him the antidote. They wouldn't? Well, no, he had to participate in this in this research project, (laughs) it was wrong. And, uh, the post dispatch picked up the story and ran with it. And Tony, Tony messenger, I think did a piece on it. So it was a pretty big deal. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I guess ask when you get, when you go to get treated for a snake bite, ask, are you going to give me a placebo or now I would have thought your, your story would have went the other way. He would have said, I'm 81. Screw it. Give me whatever you want. (laughs) Let's let it roll and see what happens. Yeah. He wanted to get out for a few more turkey and deer seasons. I think that's selfish of him. (laughs) I just want to live. He could have helped humanity. (laughs) So, all right. Watch yourself. Oh, Watch believe yourself. me, I do. <laughs> I'm afraid of snakes. <laughs> so. I'm like a girl. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations on your day. Thank you. I'm sorry that your season still is in the tank. It's going to make for a great story at some point. I guess. Or I'm just going to give up deer hunting altogether. Yeah, well, at least so. on next season. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we shut this thing down? Um, I, the uh, farm stuff, we've made the yeah, announcement. Yeah, I'm headed to the ATA, ATA so. tomorrow, and uh, we'll... 
give it away at the end of this week. Uh, I'm not sure when this will air, but yeah, so I'm sure we'll have a follow-up on that. Yeah. We're excited. It's going to be fun. Stay tuned. Yep. All right. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Peace.